Welcome to another episode of my XL podcast. On this episode, I sit down and talk with the man behind Suburban Delay, Mr. Gordon Tennant. But before we go into the show, I'd just like to say, everybody, thanks for listening. Please share this podcast with your friends, let everybody know about it, and give us a wee comment on iTunes and Podbean so I can record more. And I look forward to seeing you all including Suburban Delay, at 1994 on March the 23rd at the Classic Grand in Glasgow for 1994 Energy Rush. It's going to be amazing. Tickets from Skiddle and Ticket Scotland. Play the nine-nine number and the people get sick. Right, here we go. You got me check there? Yep, yep. One, two. Look at that. Hey, you're in this. Ah, you're in. That's you there. G Tenant. Oh, I've even one channel. That's it. <laughs> <I'm only playing>. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back for another episode, and my guest is Mr. Gordon Tennant. Hello. AKA Suburban Delay. AKA how many aliases have oh, you? Oh, jeez. Detox, GT Sampler, countless ones, I think. Aye. Aye. Nemesis. Oh, just, <laughs> just too many to name, too many to mention. Really. Hope you've got some of the aliases we can play them later on. I've got a couple. Excellent. I've got a couple. So, this wee show, we just basically talk about your journey through mm. music, and uh, like all good stories, going back to the start. I have one or two. As a, as a young Gordon, what was it? What was the kind <laughs> of? <laughs> how, how young we talking? About? I mean, to remember a young me, we're going back quite a wee. Bit. <laughs> More than a few years. Uh, what, what was there any sort of defining moment? hearing a, a pop record or a dance record that you kind of thought I'm into this so I mean, uh, probably I mean for, from a pop point of view I mean I was uh, I mean I loved the Pet Shop Boys so they were like a huge influence you mm-hmm. can probably see that probably in the uh-huh. way that when we kind of when the band first started certainly when they first started anyway that we had that kind of I was the torn face one behind the keyboard you know, <laughs> kind of a bit like Chris Lowe and then you had Ali who was like uh-huh. mad kind of jumping not that Chris not that um, Neil Tennant was our mad and jumping but he was a kind of front man so yep. that was a kind of kind of vibe we tried to go in so Pet Shop Boys probably that from a dance from a dance point of view oh. see we're going back to probably like something like Jack Your Body or something like that. back to like 1985 86 mm-hmm. when kind of House First kind of broke out and that was kind of so but was was it more like the Pet Shop Boys you were going because their early stuff was absolutely amazing wasn't it you know right. and even uh, the way they presented themselves I mean it was it was electronic it was dance music but a wee bit more soul take kind of thing but yeah, yeah. It, it was cool it was really cool their image wasn't it oh god and, and was that was that the, the thing, thing yeah, like the clothes the whole image that kind of uh-huh. went with. I mean that's kind of that's kind of what we set out to be you know mm-hmm. we kind of set out to be like the Pet Shop Boys are dance music you know <laughs> yeah. that was part of the you can definitely like I said you can definitely see it you know, when you see us on stage and was it through listening to them you went I reckon I could get into writing you know, music probably not I don't, think, I don't think that I don't think that was the thing that kind of made me think yeah you know that's something that I want to do that was just something I liked and something I listened to something I played a lot of and I think it kind of shows or certainly it's the elements of it and the way I kind of wrote some stuff that it maybe kind of shines through but I think what, what made <laughs> it's quite comical actually what made me want to be a, I actually was at a, a rave in uh, Motherwell it was Motherwell Civic it was Freedom and we were there we were just there as kind of what year would that be? Oh, must, 1991 I reckon it must have uh-huh. been early 1991 because Andrew Rush was written 
tail end in 81 so and it came way before that and we're, so we're standing there I know the very band that was <laughs> band that was on it was a Scottish band that happened to be on it Freedom and well, it was Freedom 2 in fact Mother Civic and uh, Ali turned around and he says I, I think we could do that what was the band is it kept a secret no nah, it was TTF <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just say uh, uh, he said, he says, um, I think we could do that and, uh-huh. and that was it that was how it kind of and that's how it formed. Had you, had you, you, well, you just pals at that time? Yeah. Or well, you've been see, making writing music or anything like that? I, well, see, so, so what happened to go back? So I started kind of DJing about what was that? 1987, in Melville's in Livingston, which is a local kind of it's a kind of Sharon Tracy club. It was a bizarre. I don't know you DJed. I, I for years I'd done that for years before. So mm-hmm. it was a, it, as a nightclub, it was a weird place. I mean, it had like a 1930s decor. It was this this it was pretty fucked up to be honest. Uh-huh. Just, so. But that was where everybody collected and gathered. And yeah, so pretty much. So, so from that, I started kind of DJing, and then we ran a couple of clubs in Livingston. So, just kind of wee things. And then what? One of my, so Ali at that time was in a band with David Cicero. So I don't know if you remember Cicero, but the way people did he know of some kind of signing with the Pet Shop Boys or something right, like that? Right. See, so this is uh, so. So what happened is we had a kind of club in Livingston, and the Pet Shop Boys came up to it. And it was like a wee community centre in Livingston. And they come up to see Dave play. So they come up to see him play. And Ali was there. And things didn't really kind of work out that. But that was kind of our first... So Key was no longer with Dave at that point in time. So he was kind of floating free. And I had I had the keyboards already. So I had I had two keyboards as it was. What were um, I, had, I started off with an EPS. So, right, so what happened, right? So I get paid off. I used to work for a company in, in Livingston. And I, get, I get paid off for that. And obviously they think most people like save the money or bank it. No, 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 no me. No, no. So, I know all day. I'll buy a sampler. No idea how to play the yeah. thing, you know. But you know what? That's the very thing that I need because I've got a funny feeling that, you know, I maybe want to start kind of trying to write my own sort of stuff. So I bought an EPS and a Sonic EPS for McCormick Music. I don't know if I don't ah, know if yeah, that's right. that right. used to be right next to So that's kind of how I knew. Plus, was it? Ex- uh, no, no. It's <laughs> the first EPS. Right. So EPS. It was a Twelve-bit one. So it was, right. a, it was the very first one. So it had like. Nine seconds of sample time or something. That was like useless. <laughs> you couldn't do anything with it. Um, so I had that, and um, then I was working for a while with, with another company. And I got paid off again. What's the very thing I need? I know. <laughs> I know what I'll do with this money. I'll buy another keyboard yeah. that I can't play. You know. So. <laughs> and what was so, that keyboard? GD100. But I right, so I bought a GD100, and it was, in fact, it was. I think it was the week it came out. I mean, it was like early on. So I was in sound control. And I was like, "What's that thing? It looks like a spaceship." That's like. The very thing for me, there's tons yeah. of sliders, I no idea what any of them but oh, it all looks great. <laughs> it did, I mean, that was the thing, so I bought that, and I done, I was, I was just, I mean, I was just mucking about with them, I wasn't doing a whole lot with them, you know, but I had done some stuff, and I had, I had actually sent it away to, um, to Warp, I don't know if you remember Warp, oh, so they yeah. had like LFO and stuff out, so, and they came back to me and says, oh, you know, you've got, you've got some stuff there that, that we think could really go go somewhere and I was like right, fine that's okay. great getting feedback like that for such a but I didn't fall amazing label they were right. like they were like you know send this more down and I, did, I didn't bother and I just kind of just kind of let it go by the wayside and then we went along for him Ali was there and uh, so I ah, you know what let's let's do this let's actually try and try and write something that's kind of how we came about mm-hmm. you obviously were friends before that I've, Ali was in my primary class at school right so it's, it's went way back <laughs> can I hang right yeah I mean I've, I've known him since I was six you know and I, and I still see him now so so what was it what, what was like the first sort of sessions you've done just the two you banging heads and trying to come up with things that Aye, you so, thought I mean I mean before we got anywhere near sort of any of the, any of the sort of tunes that kind of that kind of made, made our name for us I mean we had we had a few gigs we had, but they were mostly kind of 
we didn't have a name for the band at any time, no tracks had any names around that, they were just, it was an under 18s night occasionally in Melville's and we were just going to use that really as a sort of test bed for mm-hmm. kind of, like a launch pad for just, just to see if we could get any person. We had a few kind of gigs now and then but, but nothing really, not until, not until quite, quite far on. In fact, I doubt there's any tracks that we wrote originally that even made it to the ones that you have just gigged. Uh, I mean, we did. We did. We, all we do. I mean, I was staying in a wee flat in, in Craigslist and Livingston at, at that point in time. And uh, Ali would kind of just kind of pop around and just we just see what we could come up. You know. Uh-huh. And as in, what, so this would be like ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. So like, you're 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 recording some demos to play them at the next gig. Still kind of finding your feet. Yeah. Was you putting a band together? Was you like getting dancers? No, or was you just well, like, let's do this. There was no, there was no kind of thoughts of that at that at that point in time. I mean, before, before we kind of played. I mean, it was. I'm trying to think when the the timelines of that sort of stuff. There was a, there was a rave in Melbourne. I mean, there was an all nighter. I can't remember if it was called Jigsaw. Or if it was, it was it was one of these things that maybe had the same name. That I don't know if you ever played the Lido in Kirkcaldy, but I think I remember that. So it was it, it maybe had the same name as that. Um, and. You know, I think I think up until that point, we, had, we were just kind of mucking about. We mm-hmm. weren't really. It wasn't until that first one happened, and we had been going along to a wee rehearsal studio in Linlithgow just to kind of see what, what sort of stuff. So anyway, like, and at that point, your own, time, your own productions through a well, bigger sound system, yeah, rather than a hi fi. You know what? And there's nothing. There's nothing to beat that. No. You know, there's nothing to beat going into like somewhere you can go in and play it through a PA, see what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, because things just work different. Uh, you can feel them. You know, and I, I think I'm. <laughs> Certainly for me now, I kind of wish I still had that sort of place I could go and just kind of turn it up. And that, that, <laughs> much, turn it up and no care about anybody else hearing it. But um, so we had gone along there, and, and this is kind of the story of how Energy came about. So mm-hmm. I had, at that point in time, I had just been mocking about with it. So the the basic kind of the chords, the chord, it was like my first chords. In fact, it, it was the first tune I ever wrote that had chords in it. <laughs> so that's why they're all white notes. The three finger chords, kind of thing. That's why they're all white. You know, I'm scared of those black notes. They're a wee bit four. No, um, so I had kind of written the basic kind of tune at that point in time, and I went along this rehearsal studio, and um, and we had some mates with us, and we were like, and they were like, what, what is that? When I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's not really in. I thought it was just something I was more about it, but it just there was just something about uh-huh. it that just kind of kind of struck yep. with them, you know. And, and you know, that's kind of how that kind of. What happened. was it? But, like, did you feel like you had you'd something the start of something special? Or wasn't it no, until your mates went? That's no, me. You know, and I that? still don't get. I still don't get that because uh-huh. nothing, nothing, none of it in my head makes any sense. The whole tune doesn't make any sense to me because it's like because I was DJing at the time, and it's oh, it's the worst. Tune it's a hard, hard track to mix anyway. But. It wasn't meant. See, this is the thing. It wasn't really meant to be. So, when we were when we were doing it, we were like, we want to write something. So at the time when I so I used to DJ just to, so so I used to DJ at the forum at the awesome one on ones, and the la- I used to play the last tune, right? So I used to play, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was take me higher. Now I think it's a Sasha mix, but I'm trying to remember who you you too Sasha mix of that. No, no, no it's, I'm sure it was called take me higher. And I used to play it, and it used to be the last track, you know. And I thought, well, you know what? Let's write something that gets played last. Uh-huh. That, and we did, and that's so that was the thinking that, behind and that's it. That's the thinking behind it, but oh, it's a nightmare to try and do in ways. It's it's very much a song in itself where you just kind of need to stop everything and go, here it is. Aye, aye. I, I would imagine, <laughs> you know, like I would imagine as well, like back in the rave days, it's quite a it, it's quite a tricky one unless you had like an edit of it. You know, like unless you've got the crowd in the palm of your hand, 
there's that big build up before it really gets to the business. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it takes forever, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's like eight minutes long. It's like an epic. But that's that's part of the magic. I mean, I remember, I can even remember where I was the first time I, I heard it. I was in the BCM in Mallorca, mm. and well, just on like, I was like a lad's holiday. It was actually my first foreign holiday. You mean all my pals just having the uh. time of their lives, and this tune came on, and it was just like it connected all of us. It was just like, oh, this See, is amazing. No, like. Amazing, and to the point where I went up to ask the DJ what track, and one of the ones, what track's that, mate? Uh-huh. And he told me, and then I don't know, we didn't even know then if it was like Scottish guys or whatever. I think it wasn't until we get back that we found out that it was like a Scottish band, uh-huh. and we were just like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> See, I think the funny thing is because a lot of people said, oh, what's it based on? And like, it's not uh-huh. really based on anything, there's like loads of kind of tracks that I kind of took influences from it, but. Hi, it, it doesn't sound. It has. It doesn't sound like anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, but you, like you've said, that, I mean, you wrote it to be the last mm-hmm. track of the night. See, that in itself is as a tune, but and as a tune, I mean, I can appreciate other things I've written, but as a tune, it, it's never connected with me that way. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see what it is, or right. I don't. I don't get what it is that other people seem to get out of it. Wow. I mean, I know it's been played at weddings and funerals and. Uh-huh. You know, like countless, countless yeah. places, you know. That I was like, really? Or people have said to me, "Oh, no, that's like, 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 like my all-time favorite." And I'm like, what? I, <laughs> really? Because you've made it. I think you'll never hear it with somebody else's ears. That's the that's the well, the downside of making music, really. Isn't it's it? funny. It, I say it never. I say it doesn't connect me at all. It connects with me more now when I hear it mm-hmm. because I think, you know what? That's still, you know, that's, <laughs> it seems to work for me. Maybe maybe it's an age thing, you know. Maybe it's just. But I think there is something about that being able to look back at your your old productions and, and you, you almost appreciate them more because it's just that space and time and everything. That, you know that that track's still there. Uh, Whatever the road you've been on, you know uh, you're going. Wow, it's still standing. It's still uh, doing I mean, the job. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some production I look back and I'm like, oh, no, what, what were you doing? You know, <laughs> what were you thinking when you did that? But. No, there are, there are a few, and I suppose now that's one of the ones that kind of... That's brilliant, man. I mean, I genuinely think, for me, it's up there with one of my favourite all-time tracks. Mm. You know, if you've heard um, I Trans You with Gypsy. Yeah. I would put it in the same kind of bracket as that, whereas it just it just conjures up something. You know, there's just something about it. It's more, it's more than a sum of all its parts kind of thing. Aye, so I suppose that kind of... So, I mean, I was saying that we kind of wrote it to be the last track of the night. So the idea, we wanted it to be something you went home on a highway. You know, you it's got home. to say whistling it. Well, maybe I... Whistling well, you know, on the way home. I think it's the last tune of the night you'll remember as well. Uh-huh. If you've had uh-huh. a good night, you'll remember it. But it was, it was, we just wanted something that people were like, oh, you know what, that kind of... Uh-huh. Just peaked on yep. just because you know what it's like. Eight o'clock in the morning. We, we, all nighters were talking about last mm-hmm. tune of the night. We're not talking about like normal kind of club nights. Last tune of the night. You know, with the sun coming up, yeah. and, you know that sort of thing. And I was thinking, of the ethos behind it, you know. But well, you know, it's just one of these things that worked out. I think you nailed it. Well, we well we stop the new. We'll play a couple of tracks from 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 back in the day that maybe mm-hmm. influenced you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say what they are, or you know? No, I've got a wee. I, 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 this is the first time I, Andy's ever brought a really? laptop. That's it, I'm loving this. So, uh, you know, IT geek and all that. You know, but it, hey, um, uh, yeah, I reckon I've brought a Pet Shop Boys one. Oh, brilliant. Because I think just, 
it's just I mean it's just awesome it, and uh-huh. it's, it's a sin it's just like one of the best best tracks ever and while that's playing I'll have a wee think about the other ones I've, <laughs> I've, I've maybe got two in fact no I know I know what one we can go away uh, let me just look at my wee list here oh, Christ I can't see it now my eyesight's not as good these days so I've got the glasses on <laughs> Wait a second, I'm sure I copied into this folder now I can't see it. You know they like a mad zoom with your touch screen? Yeah, I shouldn't do it. Oh, wrong one. Ah, that's better. If I was looking in the right folder, I may be able to find it. Um, in fact, I've probably got three that you can pick for. Let's do it. Right, so you've got Pet Shop Boys, that's a son. Winner. Tangerine Dream. Oh-ho. Uh-huh. Loving a real train. Th- that is a tune, man. Now that's got you have influenced Energy Rush, no? Well, that's that no, kind of... you know, because... That is very long and doesn't really go anywhere. Is that what you mean? I, well, maybe I, in structure wise, you know, maybe I, no, because I, I didn't, I mean, I, I listened to Tangerine Dream quite, but they didn't, that, that one tune influenced me a lot of the other stuff I do. I was listening to like stuff like Journey Through Metamorphic Rocks and all these bizarre things, you know. Uh, Probably Vangelis more than yeah. than Tangerine Dream and Jean Michel Jarre as well. Uh. And I was like, I loved them um, so probably but loving a real tra- loving, a, uh, loving a real train is is in there it's definitely up there with one of my tops Pet Shop Boys it's a sin and, and uh, Sunscreen what one Perfect Motion nope uh, Love You More Belter a tune let's blast them and then come back and pick up the chat sweet
amazing tracks man why why did you pick the sunscreen one <sighs> memories just, of raves or? Yeah, do you know that's exactly what it is that's just one of the that's like a, that that 
that is like an end of the end of the night mm-hmm. tune. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's got there's just something about it. It's just yep. you know, there's, it doesn't really fit anywhere else in the night because it's too kind of it just kind of plods along. But there's something about it. There's something behind some it. Some magic there. No. There, see what? No, it's real nice as well. We're, we're doing these 1994 nights. I've been able to book a lot of artists, and, and Sunscreen's one of my favourites. Mm. And they're such nice people as well. Aye. And, and that makes it, see, for me, that makes it all the better because you know yourself, you meet that many assholes in this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, amazing to meet nice people. But most of, most of the people that I've ever met through through DJing or through through the band have all have all been really quite nice. There are the few. You know, but there always there always are a, a few few exceptions to that. But I suppose in all walks of life, aren't it? You're always going to get the yeah, bad guy. Yeah, you always get them. But in my experience, the majority of people that I've met uh-huh. through it have all been. Certainly, my memories have been early early gigging days with the band, with the exception of you know, a couple, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of bands maybe. But every single one of them were all like. It was like meeting mates when you were when you were doing gigs. You know, there was no animosity, there was no backbiting or, or fighting between. Mm-hmm. You know, you met, you had a chat, you had a laugh. There's no there's no status. There's no I'm better than you. There's none of that crap. Cause that that, that kind of seeped in, but later on in, in the yeah, scene, that, you know that's, but, but who's you know my record's better than your record? Where's mm-hmm. that come from? That's just that's just bollocks. I know, it's a bit mad, isn't it? <laughs> and I mean. It's, it's mad it's, it's mad because like, I usually try and have some kind of structure but I suppose just in the nature of the conversation mm. we're kind of drifting all over the place <laughs> that's like a Billy Connolly joke isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but I mean before we get into that let, let's go back to you, you've, 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 you've played your mates Energy Rush mm. and, and they've heard something in it that's, that's, that's G'd you up to to, to nail it as, uh. a, as a mix how, how, how long did so, it take before you nailed that oh, final mix two days Two I mean, days in, yeah. in your home studio, can I? No, I mean there was no there was no mucking about back then when we were writing, you know. Because do you know what? To be to be honest, you could write really quick because we knew the equipment inside out. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have enough, you didn't have that much. Yet, and, and do you know think as well? It was just like everything was exciting because it was all like pretty so much you, your first time in uh, new and on top of things. Oh, I definitely. Whereas like, now you, you know, you'd be like, I don't know, I've heard, that, I've done that, I've heard that. I've tried that, you know, and you end up arguing uh, with yourself rather than just back in the day, you just uh, wrote it and went, I'm the world's worst. I mean, it takes me, I mean, when I get the time these days to write in, it takes me, it takes me forever. I mean, we're talking years to write a track, bro, right. but you know, because like, I'm so pedantic over, over every yeah. little bit, a hi-hat, you know, I'll spend days, and just stick a hi-hat in right, it, doesn't, right. matter, it doesn't matter that much. Rather um, through folders of the same hi-hat. <laughs> exactly, right. exactly, and that's the problem I think now, was back then, two keyboards, Okay, we had a week, actually, we had three keyboards, but one of them, you know, it was a wee Casio CZ1000, I mean, it's not even more, it's not even more plugging in. So, what um, we mentioned, but what we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might get, some, might get some for Casio for that, you know, but, um, but, but, yeah, so two keyboards, knew how they worked, knew them inside out, knew all the sounds in them, because they're not that many. So, EPS can only hope, I mean, nine, was it, nine minutes of sample time at 12, but in, in mono, as well, that's not even stereo. Wow. That's not even stereo sampling. So you couldn't get a lot. So you were you were limited to what you could do. So you made the best of what sounds you had. Mm-hmm. Same way. So one multi-timbral keyboard as well. So we did. We played the the JD hundred in multi-timbral mode as well. We didn't put it. Maybe we should have done redone all the parts and done them a single because it felt a bit a bit fuller. But you know we didn't. You know we played it multi-timbral. So you're looking at what, sixteen sounds tops uh-huh. to make the track uh-huh. and. We- 
you're laughing. You seen my JD eight hundred, and you, you you knew the patch <laughs> of the pianos. <laughs> I never he's, as a geek. I, I'm loving it. It's a piano sound. On know, Energy I, used Rush to, that, I used the first one as well. So on the Energy Rush, on the EP, there's a track called Intelligent Techno DJ Zebedee Mix. Right. The very first sound on that keyboard is Aurora Borealis. That's right. I love that sound. That's man. the first. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, that's, there's there's things that have like just kind of stuck, and I've not seen one of them for just burnt into your memory. Oh, I've not seen one of them for maybe twenty years as well. So you've wrote the track. You're you're buzzing. What what label are you going to? Who are you talk to to get this signed? So. I mean, it's a kind of it's funny the way it kind of came about. So I wasn't talking to any labels at the time because we weren't even thinking about that type of thing. So Did you played the final mix at any gigs, right? So what happened was we, we played. I'm just bombarding you no, with moments of crisis. So, no, because this is so. This is what happened. This is the way I remember it anyway. I mean, it, it might be different. Ali will probably phone me up and say, "No, that's what you're talking about." So what what happened was we played this all nighter in Melville's and Livingston, and and it took the roof off the place. And we're like, what? Because we were like, what just happened there? We, yeah. we, weren't, we weren't expecting any of this. The other tracks were just kind of plodded along, you know. And there was nothing really in them. And then we played this, and there was there was an obvious difference, yeah. you know. And it was it was Jim Ford. Remember Jim Ford? I love. So he was running Love in Coat Bridge. He came up to us and said, bookies? I want you to play. And I'm sure it was like for the next night. And we're like, he said, what's that? What's that last track? And I think for that we kind of thought, oh. Maybe you know. Maybe this is. Maybe this has got something. And then, I think it was either. It wasn't it long? Wasn't it far after? I was DJing, so there was not some one on one at Engelson, the Engelson Showground, and I think it was. Now who were playing? Oceanic were playing, and TTF were playing. Mm-hmm. Right now, I was backstage and I saw. I saw John. So hold on, this is like. After you've done just only a handful of. Hi, well, you've still, still not even done released the record. No, 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 so you, and then you've got a res. Uh, no, not res. You know, I was I was DJing oh, at it. All oh, so, oh, right, right, okay. So under one of my many my many pseudonyms, you know, I was <laughs> I was there as somebody else, you know. But um, so I saw John sitting at a table backstage, and I went up to him and says, hey, "Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to start a band." And he, he, he was chatting away to me. He was, he was quite quite the thing, you know. And I think it was after they played because I know he doesn't like me talking to him before it. But um, so after we played, and I said, and I gave him a tape. And he went away and listened to it. And I think what I think he knew because so I think in one of his, I can't remember what tune it is he's written, but he's, he samples Dolph Lundgren or something. I'm trying to think. And I had a tune that we'd sampled as well. And I think for that, and then he took it to Bill. He says, "There's something about this." Mm-hmm. And Bill phoned us. Bill Granger, Club ah, Scene Records. Bill Granger, yeah, and that's 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 how we get signed. That's and he signed it on the spot there, there and then. Uh-huh. And. Uh, Gordon, you know, there we go. Let me sing this record, son. <laughs> well, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to him from the other side as well. I'm <laughs> channeling him. So, and what? So the record came out ninety. Right, so it came out in club scene in oh, it's either June or July nineteen ninety two. Was it ninety two? So, it was ninety two. Right. So, and it was as late on as that. Wow, I was kind of thinking it was like. Tail end of 90, 91? No. So it came ni- out in July it was written in 91. So it was written in Dece- December? Written in De- December 91. Right. And it took a good six months, but we had like hundreds of gigs by the time we even got. Well, that, that would have made kind of sense for me hearing it then, because it must have been the summer of 92 mm. then that I've heard it. I think the test, the pressings were out a good couple of months uh-huh. before it came out. And I can't remember, I think it was a few months after that it was re released by. 
by Jive on internal affairs. But did they kind of sign it? Licence it off? Yeah, it's on my music. Um, they signed it um, again through Bill. Right. Um, and they done the, the sort of the UK Brilliant. distribution for it. And what was that at the tail end of the '92 then? No. <laughs> so my memory's not. Like, <laughs> my memory's not that good about when that one came. I'm sh- I'm think it was about October time. So. We had sold quite a few through club scene, so <laughs> and he only told you half as many. Well, yeah. I, see, I just, I, you know, as I just say, quite a few because I'm not really entirely sure on the, the final number, but uh, it was, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it was what he said it was, and you know, I just accepted it at the time, um, and uh, and then it, it might be in October, it might have been kind of September, October before, which I think we'd kind of missed the boat on anyway when it was kind of released through to to Jive, but. It must have been a really quick sort of, you know, you know, just getting out in club scene. Mm. It must have kind of blew up like straight away, you know, like well, so if you're just coming out. Well, I don't think it was we any were result. lucky. We were lucky in that. We, so we played our first race. So we played Luminaire. That was, I think, it might have been the week or the day it came out. It was either the week before. Was that or the one the Paul Double Visions got the video of? Because that video, I mean, if nobody's seen it, it's. Paul DV Cruz posted it from your gig mm. so that was Rez Luminaire that was Rez Luminaire right. and it is it, you know even watch surely you're getting goosebumps watching that back again man I, I watch it and I think I, I watch it no I watch, maybe watch it through different eyes than everybody else I watch it and I just think to myself smile you bugger because <laughs> that was cause your honestly, music pitch up boys vibe well, you think, well I, exactly but inside I mean it was like Oh, the, the, I mean, the, the way I was feeling kind of went, but it doesn't show. Uh-huh. I, I hide it well. Oh, it's cold, man. <laughs> yeah, I hide it well. Because I was concentrating, because I, I had a live keyboard uh-huh. that night, so I was concentrating so much in my part. Yep, yep. That, you know, I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't screw this up, you know, this is this is too important. So I can look at it now and th- I, I do think, I mean, I can see the crowd and it's like, you know, it's what, unbelievable, you know, man. For, for 25 minutes, you know, we, we owned, mm-hmm. we owned that place, you know, it was like, Nobody could touch us. Would you say that's like your best gig of all time? Well, or is it up there? It's up there. Well, maybe. I mean, I've got a, I've got a handful that, that well, I remember. It's a question I hate answering, but I'm going to ask it. What would be your best gig of all time? <laughs> <laughs> because that raise is going to be one of the top. You know well, what I mean? Do you know what? Yeah, all the, kind of all of the ones that kind of preceded that though were mm. all like. There's one. There's one that sticks sticks in my mind, and it's like, and it was Murrayfield, and I'm trying to remember. It was Murrayfield Ice Rink, and it was a big all nighter, and we had played the Carlton Studios just before it, and I was never a big fan of playing there. I, just, I don't know what it was, but it was just. It just didn't click with me, but it was always a bit edgy. I mean, like you were saying with the club that became your sort of where you kind of cut your teeth. Mm. The Count Studio was 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 ours with Ultrasonic. Mm-hmm. They basically paid us in beer and t-shirts <laughs> and we went up every week for months just but, playing our demos but you know, to that, a crowd. It works doing that. Aye. I mean, it works. It gets you out there and it gets your name out there, and it's you know. I don't, I don't think many many kind of bands, certainly DJs, producers, or that really either, either A get that opportunity or would do the graph to do that mm. now I think people no. just on, instantly want to so, be the finished polished act didn't aye, they? exactly so I mean it's kind of what we did as well but we didn't we weren't just in the Carlton but we were like going out like four or five times a night you know we, we, we kind of followed that kind of pattern and that's what a lot of like up and coming artists do now you know they're like when you, you know yourself when you do the club tour you do like 20 gigs and like a weekend that mm-hmm. type of thing you know it's, and I think we probably started doing that I mean I don't I don't think because we came before you guys mm-hmm. so I don't think at that point in time any other kind of 
certain dance dance bands from up this way had had considered that, and we only kind of we only kind of done that because our manager Brian, um, he was he was bringing all the neighbours and um, all those kind of people over what, from, from Australia, the TV from, show? yeah, from the TV show. So, oh, right. so he was bringing all them over home and away, and all all these you know, Steph and Dennis and all all, all that kind of mob, Kylie in fact, and Jason, and he had, he brought he was the first first guy to bring them over to this country. Oh, so he had a connection so with he was, clubs yeah, and stuff. So he was used and through. Tony Corkin as well, so so he was he was used to kind of doing that kind of let's do a, you know, a let's blast uh-huh. twenty clubs in a weekend and 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 just to get the name out there and you know and it, it worked for what us. What a treat! But gigs that stick out. So Murray Field Ice Rink, because I can remember, <laughs> I can remember. So we went on at like five in the morning. I mean, it was like the graveyard shift when we went on. You know, the place was like mm, it, was, it was quite a. It was quite one of those nights that were oh god I'm not looking forward to this when we're going and what made it even worse was Dave Angel was DJing just before us and I had a big argument with him today. I can't remember what it was but I think it was because I was in front of him when he was DJing or something like that and he was getting really hacked off that we were setting up while I was on a big, big argument with him on stage and stuff so I was like oh this is just going to go this is just going to go south and it didn't it was I mean it was we took the roof off it was amazing the place just lifted it was as though it was the kind of what, we were, what they were kind of waiting on for yeah. so that's one of the ones that's like Rez, Luminaire Obviously, um, Circus Circus and Bambridge. Oh, that's a brilliant gig, isn't it? Um, aye, that was that was. I mean, there's not very many places we've ever been asked to do an encore. You, in fact, you don't really get asked to do an encore mm-hmm. these days. But well, I think we were the only band that played it, so we d- we did that there. That was that was just incredible. Um, what else have we got? Oh, do you know? What? I'll, I'll stick with those three, probably. Aye, the three belters. That's man. the ones that 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 I, that I still remember. There's, I mean, I've done a lot of gigs and. Yeah, that was really good, you know. Yeah, and I mean, so on, on all the sort of the the gigging and the touring, and you're still writing music. Mm-hmm. When did all the aliases kind of come about? Or right. like See, different aliases, projects and right, stuff. So that, that kind of started after. Well, that kind of started when. So for the thing is with Spurman Delay, the way the music went in Scotland, it didn't fit anymore it didn't really work without completely changing the way it sounded would you say it was just music because I've spoke to a few other guests and they said like things just seem to speed up get harder and faster and they didn't want to be part of that and and I didn't want to be part of it either but I didn't know what else to do at Mm -hmm. that point in time so the aliases kind of came about when I thought well I'm going to have to do something else so when I started the labels and the aliases come along with the labels, but I suppose the GT sampler thing, I was given that name. I, I mean, I didn't pick that just in case everybody else. I was given it by Stevie, who ran awesome, um, because my initials was a GT and I had a sampler. There you go. There you go. So I mean, it's kind of a name, but it? <laughs> and it kind of, so, so that, that one kind of stuck, um, and that one's kind of always kind of followed me through to whatever I've done. But so just to remind people, what was the labels that you, you set up? Well, I had Jolly Roger, Jolly Roger Light, Universal Dance. Uh, there was another one, but I think. I can't remember it. It's that long ago now. So you were running. What, what kind of years were these? You were running the labels. Yeah, that probably went from 90, 94 to about ninety eight. Brilliant. So still, still good vinyl sales and all that back then. Ah, oh, that's back in the day where people aye. bought and didn't download. Aye. That's <laughs> aye, there was no such thing as a download. People no. bought that solid product that they could hold and own. Yeah, that's back when. That's back when there was money in sales. Mm-hmm. But, there's nothing now is there <laughs> but that's, that's a shrewd move getting into the label so soon and it's something I wish I had done mm. um, Scott Brown's another one who'd got into it at the right time setting up his labels yeah so it's kind of through Scott that I kind of got into it so he was with Alpha Magic at the time who were doing his P&D he was doing, they were doing his press and distribution deal mm-hmm. and through Scott you know Scott put me in, in touch with him and they said we'll send us some stuff down and 
I did, and they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll what, can, what kind of sales figures are you looking at in like your average vinyls? I mean, you're looking at, I mean, I mean 1,500 would be a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and it's, I mean, that's, it's not a lot, is it? But that's no, but when that's great if you add that up, the new. Well, it, well exactly, yeah, because if you get 1,500 sales, you're not one. That, <laughs> <laughs> you're not far off, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it's changed days. 1,500 sales back then at a five or a time, you know, when you're, you know, it was enough to make a living. But, mm-hmm. but, and what was the kind of styles of these? Was Jolly Roger, was that acid? Any, no, so, no, you would not, because there was a Jolly think, Roger who aye, did. Aye. Now, and I had that record, can they, was it acid? Now what was that? Acid Man, Jolly Rogers. That's Acid right, Man. Aye, Acid Man. No, Jolly Rogers kind of weird the name I reckon I remember. And I thought oh, that'd be a really good name for a label. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, and the logo for the labels is kind of kind of bastardised. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Sega. There was a skull. I was like this pirate, pirate flag skull. Type of thing. If you look at the Jolly Roger logo, you can see that skull yeah. in it because <laughs> that's where I got it. Another but, sample. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just a different type of sample. It's a graphic sample, you know. <laughs> but I mean, so like, what was the kind of mu- what would you class the music styles there? Was, you, was you writing more DJ orientated stuff with these labels, or how, how was that coming about? Uh, well, I, that's what it was. I mean, it, they were a lot harder, faster. They were like, if I'd done anything less than 170 BPM, you know, it was like. There wasn't a few, so and Jolly Light was a kind of happy hardcore sort of mm-hmm. variant of that. And was that stuff from maybe you were DJing, or was you just it making was, it for DJs? Yeah, I mean, so, do you know some of the stuff I wrote? Some of the stuff I wrote, and I think yeah, that were another stuff I kind of wrote for those labels was kind of experimental kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Certainly when when I had Jolly Roger and we came up with the Detox kind of band name at that point in time, that was like a. It was my experimental phase, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, let's see what we can get away with, type of thing. But aye, that's. Have we got any stuff like that we can play? You got any? I do, as a matter of fact. So will we maybe take a break are, and play yeah. a few. few uh, I, I want to see if Energy Rush for the last tune of the. It's got to be. It's no right if it plays anywhere else. I don't know if I've mentioned that, but. <laughs> Can we play a few? What quote can we play? Well, it's Detox. The one that sticks out for me that I still hear to this day that I'm, I'm quite proudy. I'm yep. proudy because it was one of those things that, you know, I just let run. So it's got a sound in it. The main lead in it is out GD100 again. Mm-hmm. And I just let the, I left a filter open on it and I just let it do whatever the hell it wanted. And it sounds like it's changing pitch. So it just goes just mental. Comes together. Aye, so Detox Transfer. Is, is one um, and I've got a sperm delay one as well that I'd put out in Jolly Roger Light called Regenerator which is probably two that excellent we'll choose for those will days we, will we play those two then come back sweet excellent
so <laughs> after the mental tracks, what? How how long was the labels running, and did you, did you get to a point where you felt this isn't working anymore? Yeah. We spoke about it earlier like suburban delay or the the labels. So suburban delay, I'd already kind of thought when I, when the labels kind of started that you know that it wasn't. I mean that's why the labels kind of came about. You know, it's like well, what do I do? You know. Do I go back to work? You know, do I go back to work full time for for somebody else, or do I make a go with this? And we did it. And then, you know, the labels were about for five years, and it worked. It worked for the first three, four. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy. Um, you just but, running it by yourself as well. I just just me and, and I was with Michelle at the time, so so we were kind of partners and that as a mm-hmm. as a kind of business, you know. But so the, the two of us were just sort of running that. But right. and and was there? A, did you see or did you feel that there was just a yeah. A change in the music or a change in so, the scene because the, the, there was that kind of, you know, for me, like, was that, like in 97, 98, there was definitely, you know, a yeah, scene change kind of thing, I you kinda know. Wish, I kind of wish in some respect, because it got to like kind of 97, 98, and it was like, I mean, the sales were just dire, you know, mm-hmm. and people just weren't buying, buying that type of stuff anymore. And if they were, it was, you know, it was, it was maybe the odd one or two that you maybe, you maybe had a go with, but. For me, it had kind of reached its sort of climax at that point, and you know, there, I was getting, I was, I was getting older. You know, I was thinking, oh, there's things I want, like a house, mm-hmm. you know, my own car, you know, because no. I, I was kicking about in a hire car for for years. But, but, there, I mean, in dance music, the music industry, there, there, you know, it's not like you're getting a set wage. It's farming and feast in it. Very and then try so. to manage that. Oh, so, I mean, I was, I mean, I was still living with my folks. You know, I was like, how old am I going to be before I, <laughs> before I escape here? You know, like, fifty-seven. <laughs> I think I better get my own place now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know. So, so I was like, you know, I need to maybe grow up a wee bit and, and kind of realise that, you know, it's not working for me. So I maybe need to do something else. Had you been stung at any point with labels? I've been stung with the times. Uh, I mean, that's that's one of the ones that really kind of get you down, doesn't uh, it? Uh, I've been I've been stung, stung. Often, you know, stung hard and stung often, but you just you just kind of pick yourself back up from that. The Alpha Magic thing, I think they had they eventually had a fire and all their stock was destroyed as well. So that kind of all the stock and the master dats were all destroyed in the fire. So oh fuck, you know, you know what that tapes like they corrode over time as well. So yeah. even the ones I've got, I've got I managed to transfer some digital, but there's a lot of a lot ruined that we'll never get back. You know, have, you, so. have you looked into putting your back catalogues on a I've digital? Got, yeah, so I've got a SoundCloud, so. If I have any back catalogue that, that I've got in digital form, I'll, if I get the time, I'll stick it up there for... You have you not looked into starting a wee digital label for it all? Nah, I just... I'm happy. You know, I don't think there'd be enough money in it to even make it kind of worth my while kind of promoting it. So, if I can put it up there, you can get it for free. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite I, happy. I, I, There's some things I wouldn't put up and let, you, and, and let people do. Like Andrews, for instance. Because I'm not the sole owner of that. It wouldn't be right for me to kind of... But any, any of that work in a Jolly Roger base that I wrote and... Mm-hmm. I'll stick up you can nail it for none I think you should I mean even looking at a wee label digital label helps you yeah. get it to Spotify's and not so much as a money well, maker it's just like getting it out there in the cloud yeah, whatever I mean, that is yeah, it may be worthwhile doing that because there was, there was stuff I had out of base sharing as well so there, there's that under different more <laughs> more pseudonyms you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is that so stuff I, that you were working with other people or was you just yeah, but, whacking that many tracks out so I had right so <laughs> I did, what did I do? So I done the Water Pistol EPs, so I've done them. Um, I did the first Tenotrans EP, um, and then and I worked with Alec on the second Tenotrans EPs, but I did the first one, so it was by the Stomper. So all these were kind of tracks that I had lying about that you know, I, was, I, I was... Just happy. looking for a release on them? Aye, pretty much. So 
So they went out through pastry and stuff. I think you should get them all on a, a, a wee... I'd have a few. I mean, I've got, like... I probably managed to save maybe 50 or 60 tracks. Wow. <laughs> that's loads. I, I don't... I, but I had... I mean, well, I probably had twice that. You know? mm-hmm. Wow. Easy. There's a lot of them that... You know... I just can't get anymore. You just, uh-huh. I've tried... I, I, I got a DAP machine for a while there, and, you know, the tapes have been sitting out in the garage for, for years. I'm scared <laughs> to put some of them, Some of them worked. Some of them... Nah. The mad thing with that's is you know I actually bought one that just you know I thought right and it was actually a really good one that I bought mm. the first tape that I put in it it chewed it oh. and I was like fuck you know you, you can't mess about <laughs> you know it's not like you got another copy no. these are like original darts and uh, I'm, I'm just super nervous with like, putting anything in a dart uh. even if it was like a belter or a dart machine you just uh. don't know how the tape's it's going to react it's like any tape you know, it corrodes over time uh-huh. unless, you, unless you keep it in a vacuum or something I don't, I don't really know how you would keep them you know what did you need to get your stuff I mean everybody producing music back then you, you need to get it digital or we're going to lose it well that's what I'm saying I mean I did so I transferred everything I could so I've got I mean I don't know how many tracks I've got in this laptop so let me just see what we've got here so I've got I've got a few yeah it's no all lost it's no all lost I have yeah I've got a few if any well, I, I get emails often and they say oh if you you know I'm looking for such you know where I can get it well you'll not get it in vinyl certainly not for me because I've got no vinyl at all mm-hmm. um, Discogs pretty much I, I've bought my own stuff through, through the but yeah. I had to buy Energy Rush but you know wow. I didn't have a copy you gave it away I had people. given it away and I, had yeah. to, and I bought it through Bass Generator on, um, on eBay and they recognised the name right away and they were like what that was like my G.R. Hartley G.R. Hartley that's what I had to buy it how sad is that you have uh, Energy Rush it's a bundle you do you know it, it was pretty much like I'll be down so, imminently. My name? <laughs> <laughs> Tenant. Gordon Tenant. Uh, oh, Mr. Energy Rush. Then you hang up the phone and sit back with that kind of smug kind of look. You know, uh, uh, put a wee a little original in your mouth. <laughs> kick the slippers off. <laughs> oh, I remember the uh, days. Smashing uh, the fuck out of res. <laughs> very much, you know, but it's quite sad in a way, isn't it? I didn't even have my own copy, but I didn't, but I, I had. I had it in vinyl I didn't have it in CD but I mm-hmm. wanted it in CD I've had people annoyed when they ask you for a copy or something and, and it is like, it's very much just what it was like back then you would give friends family just copies Aye. and it just the never never had any thought that 20 years later we'd be sitting down talking about these it. days or you know whatever that's exactly I've got no kind of memory I do now because I was talking to Ali a few weeks ago and he was he was rummaging through some stuff he had and he found the old kind of cards that we had the old promo cards mm-hmm. with the, the Fourius and the band because remember Gary Gilchrist and stuff he was he that's, was, that's he was, right so, Aye. so with the Fourius and the band we all get these pictures taken he had one of the cards no, he was like, so he says, you know, you've got to laugh at this. So I've, I've got one of the cars, and that's that's kind of the only bit of kind of memorabilia I've wow. got. Didn't he? The whites were all given away, so I did no white labels. What about magazines and stuff? Did you keep any? No. I think I actually have a club scene we use in the cover of Club Scene magazine. Wow. Well, I'll try and dig it out. It'll be a, it'll be a kind of pet shop, I suppose, as well. It'll be a, I think it was if, kind if of. If it's us, you can get <laughs> you can I, get it. I remember, you mentioned Ali. I remember, you know, Ali, uh, I, I think it was at a gig we, we all done at the bunker. And we were, we were all pretty much drunk backstage, and he, he, it, it was a good laugh with him. But <laughs> I'm sure he and Roger did this as well. It must have been a Pet Shop Boys thing. Mm. I don't know where it comes from. The white denim jacket, 
in no talk. <laughs> I, said, I, I could never pull that off, right? No, I, 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 <laughs> no, I wouldn't be pulling it off. I, I, I was, <laughs> what was I thinking behind that, Ali? I don't, I don't really know. You have to, do you know what? I think he's coming along with me anyway on, um, oh, is he? in March. Oh, so, brilliant, man. Yeah, so I've actually not seen our, him since back in the well, day. We had our school reunion recently, so he, we went, he came up to it with me, so... You know, we had that, and I've seen him. Just come along in this. He's a wee bit apprehensive about it. Okay, I'll get try along, and man. I'll try and convince what, him. What, what's he up to these days? He's he he works for. So he's got his own um, teleconference company. So I think it's to do with courts. So right. now he can appear in court, but not in person, but ah, through okay. video conferencing. So he kind of does that. That's what he does. Interesting. I'd be great to get him along. Even get him on the him. mic. He, he did seem up to because he said because he even says, "Oh, I'll drive and you can have a drink." Because not very often that ever happens uh-huh. to me, you know. I'll drive and you can have a drink. I was like, "What? Oh, you know, this is this could be a winner." This is a win-win. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I was saying that if he's still mad, Ali, he might get there and then he ends up on the drinking. <sighs> well, no, no, know if he's driving, I hope not. <laughs> be stranded in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there any sort of mad gig stories talking about that? You know, where like, something that you could think of something went wrong, so, or something, something, something happened. Ah, it was just some crazy carry on. Oh, like. we've had some, we've had some bellers. Usually, it's things, <laughs> going, usually it's things going wrong. So, what have we got? Right, so we played this place. Buffy knocking Dave Angel out. No, I didn't. It's just an argument. It's just words. You know, it's. Do you know? Do you know what kind of? He came up to me after we played. And he kind of gave me a big hug as well. And he says, oh, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. And, you know, it's just, he's a nice and, dude, man. And, I've been know, a few that, I think he just caught him in the wrong time. And he, he was, like, and he says, you know, that was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. and get after that, and it was, we've got kind of settled after that. Okay? Yeah. I was like, sakes, because well, I wasn't in the best of moods. <laughs> and obviously, neither was he. You know, but things that went wrong. You no, know? so we played this one in Belfast, in um, the Drumkeen Hotel mm-hmm. in Belfast, and it was an all nighter. And, um, Bring back the all-nighters. Well, no, I don't think we could handle it. Maybe not like this one. So, well, do you know, it was an amazing gig. It was an amazing gig. And um, we were sitting in reception afterwards and the, the phone went and the guy at reception shouted through, that was a bomb scare, but then not worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, but we, we were staying at a hotel that night, but we left it. We left about nine in the morning and I think the IRA phoned through with the bomb alert again a few hours after that. Blew it up. Jesus. Blew up. Blew the place to bits. The, the, the place you just left it. I car bomb outside. Blew it up. Fucking uh, hell. So there's that one. There's another one. With, <laughs> and I there's know, another. I just, you know, that's the... And I've started off slow. These are slow burners, you know. It's, um, so there was another one. We're going to a gig in Dumfries. Um, I sure it was Dumfries. We were driving down. I think it was seven in the Mitsubishi Shogun. And um, it rolled. Rolled three times down a hill. Wow. You know, and the roof was like caved. It was, it was big. It was caved in, and um, and what happened was it was was the driver few bumps, a broken key in the EPS, you know, fine. <laughs> went on to the gig. Went no, we canned that one, but we had one at the forum, so we just thought, oh, no, we got that one. Went and played the forum after it. You know, what I mean, who's that? Yeah, days, you know? A car accident. Seven years in a car accident. Jesus. You know, rolled, it, rolled the car. Went to hospital. Got checked out. A couple of bumps and bruises and things. I was sitting in the front. I can remember. I can remember. You know, things that things that stick in your mind. Uh-huh. So I can remember the ground. You know, I can remember seeing bits bits of cable sticking at the ground. I thought, oh my god, here. But they keep the bit. Of, it was like a big steel cable, but it missed me. You know, and it kind of rolled over. Wow. But um, so there's that. Um, what else do we have? The police pulling the plug on us at Holocaust. Holocaust. Nah, so that was down in Cumnock. And the I so halfway did, through was it our the set, place that just shut the generators down. Ah, they, they basically they told us we were on stage. We were halfway through our set, and they said, "No, nah, we're get, they're getting arrested if they if they carry on playing, get them off." So Brian Brian had to get us off stage pretty quick. That was some nights, though, Holocaust. It was good. It was <laughs> up to that point. <laughs> but even that, you know, like 
um, you know, the powers gone down, mm. the police shutting down raves. It just added to the overall excitement of very much, we have to enjoy this right now because it could end at any minute. Aye, there was that feeling back then. You know, <laughs> you know as much for the bands as yeah. it was for the crowd. Aye. Aye. But you don't expect it happy through your set. No, <laughs> I, I, I suppose. And then I, I, I always remember, you know, when you get things like that, you obviously get the booze and the heckles because people just see it as oh, it's did. your fault. So it's I, no like that. So, I mean, that was the thing. I didn't really understand like what was going on. But I mean, we could see like we could see them either side of the uh-huh. stage, you know, and they were like, they were ready to come on, like haul us off. But so Brian, Brian to say, right. The, the, boy, the boy Nick from Rutherwick State said that he orchestrated like a the police to pretend to arrest him. Uh, I, I think it was a res again. <laughs> And he said it was that good that people actually thought it was real and started to kind of rush oh. the stage. And then they had to come, kind of come back and go, oh, we're only kidding. <laughs> Just get back to enjoying your night. Aye, aye. We've let him off. So what happened? What happened? In, there's there's no that. Even the powers doing. There's no even a mic working. What happened when it just went boom? The lights came up. I, say, I mean it basically stopped dead and you were just standing mid song like, the crowd were all like they all kind of started no we, we didn't have the we, we got off we, we basically uh, walked off bit kind of mid set halfway slinking through back wasn't been walking pretty much um, dismantled the gear quick as possible and just kind of you know <laughs> kind of really? uh, we, we left like quick as we could what, what time was that early in the morning or was do, it? You know, do you know I don't think it was that uh-huh. I think it was like five in the morning or so. you know it wasn't wasn't right at the very end it was it got, I think it was going on enough during the night, was it? No, or am I getting mixed up with another one? Oh, I don't know. I, I, was that the end of the, the that gig? That was it. Stopped. Right. Well, stopped lights up. You know, no announcement, then. All, all the big mad all-nighters were all, <laughs> they farmers' fields in New Cumnock, weren't they? Aye, all, all, all apart from res, I suppose, isn't it? Or, aye. Or, or any in the forum, but... Aye, but these were, like, I'm talking about ones in like farmers' fields and tents and stuff like that. Aye. I wasn't a big fan of the kind of outdoor. The only one, the one I can remember most is kind of Earthquaker. Earthquaker's, Earthquaker's Again, that was the doing, best. That was doing there. That right, was in, in the same field, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's the Illegal Farm. Um, so Earthquaker was is like our biggest gig without having played it because well, we did play it actually. That's that's maybe so they, they, they did. They booked us to play it and then told, oh, you're not playing the main tent, though. You're playing this wee tent in the corner. <laughs> we're is like, that right? I swear, oh, for Christ's sake. So we played it anyway. But um, and then Tom Wilson played Angerush twice. Last last track, played it back to back. Good old Tom. Wide one more, so he played it. Uh, good old Tom, so he played it, played it back to back. So you know, funny you should mention Tom. What I think is just amazing about that guy is, mm. and again, probably when there was a wee bit of bitching and that in the scene, he he just he kept was it the, neutral and he helped and supported everybody. He, didn't he? He didn't. He, you know, he, didn't, he never took sides. Mm-hmm. Anybody he liked everybody and everybody liked him for it. Yep. I mean he was and he was a huge supporter of of every band. I mean it wasn't he didn't he didn't pick on one at all. Um, I mean it was just always great that he got behind you know and and I think that you know there wasn't any politics or. There's no one anywhere to replace agendas. And and exactly he's going to replace him. And and there won't be either. So he was a big influential part. For you yeah, because well, I mean, he. I suppose we'd done our first kind of radio interview with with, with Tom, didn't mm-hmm. we? But he was just a lovely guy, you know. He's just, just kind of, you know, he's one of those people that. In fact, he's probably the person in the scene that is is missed the most mm-hmm. by everybody, and certainly by acts anyway, because he was a huge supporter. Yeah, you know, there was no problem getting a track played in the radio. You know, send him it, send him it, ask him to play it, you know, or. Send him, send him it. Don't ask me to play it. He'll, he'll play I, it. I, he just got behind you, didn't he? And, and, and he played it. I, 
I went to his um, funeral and mm. I thought it was lovely that when they played Technocat. Well, yes. I, the, I don't know if they're taking a taking a coffin out. The Technocat was, and so, I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice, man. It says a lot, you know, because I was there as well. I, but I was busy. Well, uh, I was, it says a lot when you can't get in. I mean, in Morton Hall, is like a quite a big cemetery as well. When you can't get in, I mean, it was standing room only as well mm-hmm. inside. I mean, it was it was jam packed. Another sold out Tom Wilson gig. Oh, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, it was his last. But. Uh, um, so, like, let, let's chat about um, again energy rush. Right, come back to that mm. massive track. Did you feel? Yeah, I'm, I'm just firing these questions out. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? That was almost like an albatross around your neck as well because you <laughs> kind of <laughs> you, you get that, didn't you? Because it's like everybody expects it. Give me another one of them. Aye, or give me one of them, but so, better. So I didn't, I didn't at the time, you know, think that. I maybe do now. Because you're not getting any I, pressures for the record company. Well, there was, or, right? So the, the track I did after that, I did Fade Degree after that. And I did it. That's right, the Visage cover. Aye, and well, where, where did that, that, that threw me? Where did that come from? That, that was a bit left field. That, yeah, it was a bit, and it was a bit stupid as well. I mean, to kind of do that. Because as a track it's like up there is one of my kind of all time all time sort of favourites and I did it I did it I, you know I did it for a number of reasons not all of them are probably the right one I did it I did it in some degrees out of spite to spite somebody because I thought you know what I'm going to put this out before you do and <laughs> and and I did and you know it, you know that it is what it is but I should never put it out it was it was a strange it, it, was it, it, it was a strange follow up to Energy Rush uh, very, <laughs> very strange eh? did, it, did it chart or did it do well and done alright sold sold plenty of copies through club scene again you know you know it ran, they ran out anyway so you know that's always, that's always a good sign it didn't chart um, and the record company or Zomba dropped us <laughs> you know is so, that right uh, so, you know it, it is what it is you know but uh-huh. I don't think they were ever going to sign us up for a second one anyway but got to be there should have been the second one because it so that was your third single then? That was the third. And it, it worked much better as a follow-up to And that that, that was, I, I, I remember, I went, that you'd like female vocalist on that. It was no, mere, the, mere no, commercially, so, can I, was it a sample? No, I've got to be there's a sample. And I can't remember where I got it. And I've been asked loads of times, oh, wouldn't that got to be there's a sample company? I'm sure it was like off some shady sample CD, some mm-hmm. vocal sample CD that I got in like a magazine or something. Uh-huh. It was like, and I'm never able to find it again. Can you, you can't Google it, you can't find it anywhere. I've sampled things like that. You, you've got a gold disc with vocal samples on it. You're like, where the Aye. hell do these come? You know, who, you get it for someday, for someday. That was it. It was like, off a, they used to get these things called the art of sampling. It was like uh, some kind of EP thing and it mm-hmm. had like, Thunderclaps and all this kind of ah, yeah, and one of these kind of, in this edition. Ah, it was like one of these kind of nonsense kind of sample. And I, I'm convinced it came for something like that. Uh-huh. But that that should have been a follow up. Should have should have should. If I was going to do fade degree at all, it should have been a B. But uh-huh. so then you put that out. That was a third single. Mm. What followed that? That was it. That was it. You done a vocal version oh, of Energy yeah, Spot as well? So did that you know? came out. Yeah, but that and that came out on the B side. I got over there. I think the vocal version so of was, Energy Rush. Uh, so that was about 1983. But again. It wasn't. It's, it's never going to be as good as the first one, because it's too clean. So it's not got any of the wee, any of the wee flaws, mm-hmm. or any wee things that keep your ears kind of interested in the original. Like all the wee mistakes, all the wee timing wrong in the bassline. But I hear it and I'm like, oh come on, you know, what's that? But you're hearing it with some. You're hearing it with the guy who made the ears, isn't it? You're just dissecting it every but, time. But it's, but although it's a mistake, it kind of humanises it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of. Oh, you know what you know what it's like. You know that's why live bands sound more interesting half the time. You know because yep. it's it's the wee flaws and the timing and it's the wee 
it's the slight note changes ever so slightly out or all these wee errors here and there regardless how tight a band is you know you're never going to be 100% but yeah. anything else I did after that was too tight it was too perfect it was too polished aye and uh, wait are you was you working in Apollo as well f- at this time well so uh, what Apollo what studios studios yeah so all three were all recorded so Energist was recorded in the the originally was recorded in the old Apollo studios when it was up at the cinema was that before it got flooded didn't it that got flooded aye so before before they moved it down to Garth Street so that's where I think that was Andy's first desk as well I think when he recorded it yeah. so that's when the, re- that's, the original was recorded there and Fade Grey and Got to Be There were both recorded in the Apollo and Garth Street mm-hmm. and what so what's that be like you that's three singles. What's the mm. fourth single, Suburb and Delay? You know you got run into doing an album or no, anything do like that. You know? I didn't and <laughs> you must kick yourself now. Uh, maybe. Maybe a wee bit. I didn't think I had enough material back then that I thought it was good enough for an album. So but, he maybe went to the labels and focused on that kind of thing. That's then. that is kinda of how it worked. The next the next Suburban Delay try after that was probably we, I'm gonna say it was Regenerator after that and it was a Jolly Roger one because I had kind of given up on the whole gigs were trying up because the music was changing and and I tried to change Sperm Delay into something that wasn't and it just didn't work uh-huh. I, had, I dropped Energy for the set because it just wasn't right it's, we wouldn't get booked uh-huh. half the time you know and that's what that's what we're relying on to try and make a living you know yep. we just wouldn't get booked half these places because we're all happy hardcore so did it come a point where did you did you decide to end End, um, end the band. End the band yeah, after, at that kinda, point, or did it just fit away? It's just kind of long, slow, undignified death. You mm. know. <laughs> just was there any fallouts with you and Ali, or did you still? Yeah, stay we friends? had a fall. Now we had a fallout early on. So I mean, the band lineup kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of. But, you know, we were, there were a few disagreements, you know, and right. we both kind of went. That's just what happens when you're in each other's pockets it, so much. And do you know it? what? And it, was, it was over stupid reasons, and I can kind of look back at it now and think, you know, the reasons why the band split up. <laughs> No, they weren't really that important. There was mm-hmm. more important things than who did what in a band, you know. Yep. Dynamic, for one thing, because we had something at that point in time mm-hmm. that people could relate to. And I think we lost that when I kind of fell yep. out of over, over the staffed stuff. But, you know, it's one of the regrets I've got. Is I, I mean, I think... I think you could put it down to youth as well, innit? and just just the craziness of this full scene. And It was, you know. Yeah, I mean, I had already be, started kind of becoming... So, disheartened by it all so I probably wasn't in a good place with it at that time as mm-hmm. well but. and the mad thing about it is as well is there's nobody gone about to give you advice I mean I, I don't know about you but certainly the people who I looked to, towards mm. for guidance mm. were the ones who were the ones that were really yeah, taking advantage well, of you yeah, you know the ones you were looking at were really just cashing you're the golden goose. Aye, but I kept pretty much, you know, and and our, at the time our manager as well, his head wasn't wasn't in a good place, and he he sadly went on to take his own life. I mean, it's that's right. Uh, amongst one of the many other things, you know, that I could, wow. I could put in the long list of things that kind of went wrong, you know. But if you don't mean my ask, is that during he's managing you guys? Well, no, it was it was ever so slightly after. So he had already, or I had already become not knowing where he was or where his where his head was at that point in time I had already become kind of disillusioned with the kind of kind of how he was managing at the time uh-huh. so not long before I had kind of parted ways yep. with him and he was he was fine about it you know he, he said you know I've always said you know that he can kind of go because uh, at that point in time I thought you know we don't need a manager like uh-huh. that because not, certainly not somebody that was taking 
or that, that was earning, you know, what we were off of, you know, off of whatever gig we did. A booking agent was what we kind of mm-hmm. needed more than anything, because, you know, unless you're like you too, would you need a manager for it? It's like, I know. We we were um, ultrasonic. We were signed to club scene like yourself, mm. who was also a booking agent. Who was also a publisher? <laughs> who was also a record label? Ka-ching, ka-ching. And, and, and you're just kind of going, there's, you know, like obviously the benefit of hindsight, you look back and go, slight conflicts of interest here, but yeah, you just kind of go a long way until you start seeing the cracks. Aye. So I mean, there's a few things that I didn't know. Kind of, I know now that like your manager doesn't shouldn't be taking any publishing because they're not entitled to mm-hmm. any of that. But I was young and naive, didn't know any of Aye. that, you know, and, and handed over willingly. But, but you know, I don't think we were. Kind of taking advantage of that. I just don't think anybody knew any different. Aye, uh, everybody's can learn. Do you know yeah. thing as well? All these mistakes, you know, the shit contracts that you sign, mm-hmm. you almost kind of had to do it to get the music out. Because if you did stop and go, hey, wait a minute, I'm getting a lawyer here, <laughs> hold the bus, you would have missed. There's a bit there that you'd have missed the boat. You'd have missed the momentum. Aye, do you know? It comes down to naivety. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we seriously knew any different you know we just thought that the, the way it went was the, the way that any band went was you became you got a following you got a manager you got signed you know to a mm-hmm. label you then got you get signed to the big the big label and aye. you go i've made it aye you got and then they go no nah, you've no uh-huh. <laughs> no you've no because we're dropping you like a hot stone because we don't like what you've done and we don't even want you anything else for you in it they're just cold with the business in it it's not like a second chance or whatever it's just uh and then and then they go in to use like the name Energy Rush to release loads of albums that are full of compilations and that's where all these can act that's mad isn't it but you know it is what it is you know a version, a version of there's an Irish version of Energy Rush that came out with guys in Ireland Southern Ireland that done it they just ripped it line note for note is that right? Aye, uh, they mashed it with Usura. They took the kind of harder bit in the middle and put Usura over put it. Put that out as a single? Put it as their own, aye. Did you know get hold of them and go, hey, wait a minute, lads? Well, it was too late. I actually only just got in touch with them through Facebook, not you know, in a not so, not so distant, but distant past there. I had, uh-huh. I had no idea how to get in touch with anybody, but, you know, I remember hearing it once and I thought, ah, you know, I'll not do anything, but... You know, it, it became it became quite kind of bitter about it. It's more the principle of the thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, because you know, there's no like millions of money because they're selling it, it as their own. You know, I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't think they made a fortune out of it. They certainly made a career out of it. Exactly. They, they, they certainly built a following of it. I mean, kind of, that's mental, man. But I mean, there, there's one thing sampling, but then it's just a blatant. Oh, no for not. You're just going, what are you doing, man? No for not. And then TTF signed it to the album as well, but but I knew about that. I mean, that's not. But that was like a cover version. Yeah, so that's a cover version because because John was struggling for tracks for his for his album. He was releasing it, and they approached me and said, "No, can we do this?" I never knew it was on the album. I, I knew they were playing it at gigs, but I didn't no, know they had an album. It's, it's on the album. Some royalties there, yeah. No, we've never got a penny. <laughs> <laughs> we've never got a penny from it. <laughs> so waiting, John. Where so are you know, we? No, it's you know, it's not. It's not John's fault. You know, it's the. The, was that signed to like a, a major or something like that? Right, it's all done through. <laughs> see, this is all the, the all the the loops through that that BMG and Zomba and all these kind of ah, jiving. It's, it's madness. I mean, that music business is two jobs. You know, some is do the music, and a rye slips through the business, and that's when it all goes fucking wrong. Yeah, it? well, do you know that's exactly what it is. So, so again, us not knowing any better, you know, where our managers being. So look, you know, you're, you're signed up here as well as being the PRS. You need your name CPS to make sure all this stuff. Yeah, what the above. fuck's that? So obviously we're in the PRS, but that's just performing, you know. But so all of that that went things are just gone. Mm-hmm. Who knows where? It's too late. It's too late to get in by. I think you could. I mean, bizarrely, I was saying to you even like the last couple of days. 
I've dipped into the, that PRS thing, which is it's a for anybody that doesn't know it, it's a it's like a licensing body that collects the money radio fees radio fees club fees and it filters back small percentages of it to the artists that performed it yeah so I had a few discrepancies that I looked into and I looked at several tracks of the back catalogue and I was like who the fuck is making up this shit (laughs) no folk are just typing in numbers and it's people who aren't even involved with it collecting the money and again it's and again the business side of the music business is another thing Mm. if I was to stop writing music You've, you'd be there on a computer <laughs> trying to deal with your you know and it's so hard Aye. that's how you that's how you really need somebody that, and that's you know, somebody you trust you need a music lawyer or a manager that really knows the music inside mm-hmm. out that has the contacts there you know if, if, if that's the way you're going to go but certainly when you get to the kind of levels of having to sign the majors and we didn't know any of that you mm. know, but was it a big deal if you don't mind me asking was it like, did you get a good advance it was five figures I mean it, it was it's big enough uh, for, for like a one set for a, yeah for one track essentially. Did you, did you think you'd made it? Did you think fucking top of the pops here? Come? Yeah, do you know we did think we'd made it? And I can remember I can remember Ali used to say to people, "Ah, yeah, we've got our top of this top of the, the top of the pops book, book um, slot booked." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, you only got on that if you chart." But you know, I never bothered never bothered saying anything about it. Uh, he, he was hyping he, it up. <laughs> he did. Uh, Ali was good at hyping things up. So, but yeah, we did. We thought, you know, this is it. We're we're going places. We've been signed a major, but no, have we? Have we stuff, you know? <laughs> you got you got a sort the of taste, the end. A, a taste it early on, but getting a big deal and all that—it's like like football players signing to the big club in it when you get your track uh, license to a big label. Because uh, uh, club team was just very much cottage industry. It was like a guy driving about the records in his car, and uh, we did. We thought, oh, you know, this is it. We're we're, we're set for the big time here. But uh-huh. I, mean, it's, I mean, it sold a lot. We'll put it this way: if it sold, if it sold now, what it sold back then, it'd be number one. Aye, uh, for weeks. Aye, uh, it'd, be, it'd be number one for a while. So, was there a, was, was there a time you just get disillusioned with the full music business and just go fuck this? I've had enough. I'm out of here, man. Um, uh, I've had a few times. I've kind of thought that in the music business. <laughs> can it, can it For a week after you started, yeah, right up to yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, do you know what? Like, things kind of started going wrong when we got signed. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was fun and new, and it didn't. There was no pressure behind it back then. It was just we're doing gigs, we're loving playing them. You know. People are loving us playing them, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not we're playing a phone box or whatever, you know, or whatever size of size of venue we're playing. We've played in a few like shittles that nobody have turned up in and stuff. But you know, we, we, there was no pressure on any of them. You know, we got paid sometimes. You know, and it but was, you're in you're in wee gang and you're just having a night out as well, aren't it? It was like that. And then probably when we got signed, it became like a, we had to be serious about it. You know, it just this this is. And then you know that's that's probably when things started kind of going south. You know, but. You can look back in hindsight, and at least that's one of the times probably that I think I've probably kind of gone south. The other stuff with the labels is, is maybe maybe separate to that, you know. And but, well, you learn for these things. And so, how I mean, was there a period of time when you've just went back to full time work when you you've just yeah, went kind of from nineteen ninety eight, ninety eight onwards. But nineteen ninety eight, I kind of went back working full time. Went back. I was a geek before the band. I went back to being a geek after it, you know, and. I kind of settled into that and pretty much hung up my hat from that point onwards. Mm-hmm. G- gigging was never really, gigging was never something I was really hugely comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. It probably shows when you see, like, if you watch Lumina, you'll see how comfortable I was. With, you know, but it was never really something that um, I, I, I became quite. It became quite personal to me. You know, if things weren't going the way, you know, I kind of kind of wished they would go. 
If a track wasn't what, good what down, what kind of things? Like, the reaction so, like, for the crowd. Yeah, so. like, like in some in some cases, you know, a track that I've put a lot into, you know, and it just wasn't working. I'm like, oh, you know, what have I got to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, what I've got to do here is have another engine. I've also got to do here, mm-hmm. but it just it just at that point in time just wasn't in me to, to have another one. Yeah. So I kind of fell out of love with to some degree, you know, and. Yeah. I just kind of let it fall by the wayside. And it's mad, isn't it? Because you know yourself how much time and effort you're putting into these tracks and you're going, no, like, I'm doing this for I you, but you're, you're doing it to get people uh, to dance. And and time and effort with some tracks, at least two days, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> two you know, full days. Uh, two full days, yeah. In some cases, three tracks in a day. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of time, a lot of love went into those tracks. Um, but some, something I spent a lot of time doing and, you know... I, th- I feel like sometimes when you, you're putting yourself you're putting yourself up there to be judged. Aye. You know, and I do. I take it. I used to. Well, I don't anymore because couldn't couldn't care less now. I'm at an age. It's like, yeah, you know, like it. You don't. You know, so it's well. a good place to be. So now I can. I know I'm kind of free my mind that you know if I enjoy doing it, you know, I, I'm happy with that. I know that's good enough for me. But but no, I used to take things really quite personally back then. And I mean, but but look, at, I mean, that's I think that's one of the things that you learn fast in it. As soon as mm-hmm. you put a record out. You're getting DJ reactions and and people suddenly saying this is the best thing I've ever heard or this is shite. And I've had both. What the and fuck? I've, had, I've done stuff before, so I did. Like I mean, I can remember I done this. I done a version of the Magic Fly. I don't know if you remember Space. Well, aye, aye, that's Space, what I know. So B boy track. So when thing. when Robert Miles done Children. In fact, that's that was the next sperm delay try. That's, that's amazing that it says to be my mind works as well. Do you know what it's like? At work, they say it's like it's like Lancelot. No, the bingo ball machine. No, that mm. kind of. They're all in there, you know. <laughs> it's just coming it just out. Takes, uh, it just takes the right ball to pop out. The, you know, but there we go. It was and uh, it came out in box records. What this is an awesome sperm delay try. Ah, it was came out of sperm delay, and it was like when Robert Miles had children out. Um, I done a kind of that kind of. Uh, dream house, I believe dream, it was dream called. Dream house, or uh, so that's what I'm looking for. Or that dream trance, that kind the of genre of dream house. It, yes. Uh, so I did this version, of it and it was it was signed up to that, and it, I, mean, I put a lot into that, and it, I thought it was, I thought it, you know, what this this is like the best thing I've ever done. And uh, K Class reviewed it, and they completely annihilated it, and I was gutted. Raging. Apart from the fact that I used to love K Class, you know, I was like. Oh. You know, K Class great review. Oh, it's great. And Mix Mag as well. <laughs> and they Fucking trashed the records it. after that. <laughs> they trashed it. And I was like, oh, jeez, what have I got to do? You know, and it was just kind of things like that. Yeah. Just... <coughs> it's hard, even now, when I've been social media and stuff like that. I think, and I think, I hope I'm not alone. You could have 500 comments saying brown, 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 and it's just that one or two saying shite. That's the one you kind of gravitate to rather than ignoring the shite. Friend. <laughs> I, ignore the crap and and enjoy the good feedback. You know, like uh, it's the same with like record reviews or, or like a gig or whatever. It's just that one bad thing can maybe stick with you. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't really take anything that, that kind of. I used to, I don't know. Mm. Somebody's like it and they want to say they don't like it. You know what? Don't buy it. No. Don't play it. You know? No. If, uh, if you've taken the time to put a comment in, then well, that's your time it's cost. It's not cost me anything, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, other people like it. And that's, you know, for every one person that doesn't, there's like, hopefully another one that does. <laughs> you know, we hope. I didn't want to say 10 or 20 or 100. Aye, aye. You know, but, you know, that's the kind of way I can look at things. But. And so how did it feel then, for, for me annoying you to, to come and, <laughs> well, you know yourself, it took quite a bit of press ganging. And, and it did take a while. And you're not the only one, by the way. I mean, there's a few people that have been at me for a long, long time to do it. And it's like, oh. You did say that, which made me feel a wee bit better. You're like, listen, it's no you. 
<laughs> no, it's not. I've I mean, it, it really back. isn't. It really isn't. It's, uh, no, it's not. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact, so I did. So, the, so when I did the 1984 the last time, and, and I mean, right up to that point, I was like, because I was on it, what, like quarter to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like the last 15 minutes. Right up to that point, I'm like, oh. I'll get you on the other next time. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I'm not. You know, I'm not really that bothered anymore. But up to that point, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, all the old kind of memories like gigging and doing it all kind of come back we're coming back I was like oh it's the it's the week before mm-hmm. oh, it's that, that kind of I, I think you were oh, going to have a drink and then you decided you wanted to drink I, well, I had the car so I jelly was there so I took, took my sister along with me and, and a, a couple of friends as well and uh, they all had a great time they, all had a, they loved it you know, they, were, they were all having a ball and I was like oh come on you know and then I went on and I was like you know this is you know because people the people that you'll know yourself the people that go to 1994 are the people who remember the good times mm-hmm. and they want to kind of recreate that wee kind of that wee kind of space it's like going back in a time machine you know it's like they want to create that wee kind of you know yeah I remember that that's right. what the vibe was like for me back then so you probably find that the only the only people that will go to these things now are the people that have that kind of memory of it well the other people are walking and moved on and done their other kind of but things. bizarrely as well which you might see when you come back they, there's 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 this kind of bizarre age where they were just too young to go to the gigs that we were playing, mm. and this is their entry back into big brothers or to tick or, the box, or, mums and or they've dads heard or, their big brothers or, or, or their, ta- their big brothers tapes or stories, yeah. or their mums and dads have been playing it when they were kids in the house, and there's just that week in a selection of people who are like. I've always wanted to go to one of these things. <laughs> but for instance, hey, there's your rush, my favourite song. I've never seen it, yeah. you know, whatever. See, and I, that's just a wee tick in the box. Because I don't think, I think even with, even with, I mean, you'll see it yourself, even with like kind of trance, I don't think there's that. In particular when you get kind of, but so back then when you had the kind of piano kind of hands in the air, there was a euphoria that came with that that doesn't exist now in, in kind of modern tracks. It's there to a certain degree. You know, and there's builds up and there's rises and there's, hands in the air but it's not the same thing mm-hmm. it was all f- everything back then was kind of focused to that kind of here we go you know, it's rush time yep. hands in the air you know I don't think exists anymore so I, th- I think people now when they see when they see videos and like, the stuff that Paul did with Double Vision I mean that, you can't recreate that mm-hmm. you know because they're like they were there they weren't it's not like because they were the wee handheld cameras that were in, they were in the mix. Pure Gonzo were, filming, wasn't it? He was like one of the ravers. Exactly, and probably still is. You know, so he is. so <laughs> so um, so you just got you you got the you get the feel when you watch these things now that you're either there, you remember being there, or you want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I think that's probably what that's certainly what I got out of 1984 the last time because it was like I was quite taken aback the last time, and I had never played Angels before either. Certainly not a DJ set. I think, I, played, I think you said this is like the first time you'd played it since back in the day or I something like that. Never. So any time I've DJ'd since or whenever, I had never played it because it's a nightmare to try and DJ. Mm. <laughs> it's a nightmare. As we discussed, you know, it's sort of avoided to play. But because it's last, you know, because it was going to be the last try, I did it, and it was. A, so it's the first time I've kind of seen that kind of response that it gets. Played how it in how that did way, it make you feel? I, you know, it's like one of those kind of. I, you know what that. It's, Stood the test of time, you know. It's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's again being older and all that. I get a mad thing with playing old tracks because it's it's the track and everything that went with making that track. All your memories with touring. Aye. So I get I get more out of seeing how other people. Mm-hmm. I get more out of that. I get more out of seeing 
the reaction. Oh, how I mean, it feels to other people. Then, then I mean, it, it does nothing for me. You know, it's just. But you know, you get a buzz out of seeing uh-huh. You know, and that's that's kind of how it made me feel last time. But, but I mean, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to to the next one. It's a, it's a it's a it's a different venue as well. Mm. Which the venue I think we're in, it's classic grand. It's kind of like similar to the metro. Right, as so in kind of high ceiling, kind of. Aye, there's a high. Old, it's an old, old cinema. Type it's thing. an old cinema. That's exactly it. Oh. And there's a, a, a. You're kind of pretty much everybody's laid out in front of you. Right. Whereas the, the other one was like a warehouse. It was just the crowd. As long as you don't get like a stalls with like a two muppets in it, you know the. Because t- <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I expect half the time when I do things. Like, ah, they're going to be saying, ah, give me abuse for the. Uh, no, it's good. They're all, they're, all, they're all like just pretty much in front of you. Everybody's just loving it. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just been a blast talking. Shall we talk a mm. wee bit about just wrapping it up? Mm. How you were giving the stuff, your tracks and USB, and you said you felt that was pretty much the uh, end of it. Do you know? I I do. I think that's kind of. I think there's been a lot lost now. So back, you know yourself back. It was it was hard. It was hardware. You know, you had you had keyboards. If you wanted, if you wanted sounds, you got a keyboard or a module. Um, and you had to make those sounds had, as well. You did. You didn't buy. You couldn't buy sound sets. Sample CDs were like. You got them here. Oh come on! It was, you know, it, it was like buying old computer games. You know, you used to get the cassette packet. I'm, I'm going away back here now, and you used to mm. look at the picture and you're like, "Oh, this looks amazing! Look, no. at this, look, at, look at this! Look at this! cassette packet here!" And you put it in. It's like an E chasing an O or something. Fire Nexus at it. You know, it's like you know. After it took thirty <laughs> minutes to load. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was, that day it was black and white as well. You know, it was like, so and sample CDs back then were like, oh, you know, you got them. You're like, no, it was like it'd be named so. Like, Techno trance explosion, you know, aye, you aye. Of, like full of bleeps and bloops, and you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> so, I think back then, the, when you the, the equipment you had, you bought it because it made a certain sound. You know, you bought, you wanted acid, you bought a three hundred three. You know, you bought if you wanted a piano. Usually, people bought an M one, mm-hmm. an M one. I went my separate way and bought a GD hundred. You know, but um, sampler, EPS or AKI. You know, but you learnt your craft, you learnt your trade. You knew what, you knew what a compressor was. You knew how to gate and duck. You know, you knew all these kind of all but these kind of techniques. You, you, you learned them yourself because was an internet well, telling you that exactly. Or you, you had to buy a book you know, or a book or you read magazines. Like you got like Sound and Sound or mm-hmm. you know you bought some kind of magazine or you bought some like that. So I, now yeah, so I was recording. When was it? Maybe about four years ago, four or five years ago. So we done some stuff. I've done some stuff with Jillian, done some stuff with my sister. Yeah, I've done stuff and we do it under a kind of, it's more kind of trancey stuff, mm-hmm. but, so it maybe doesn't fit now. But she's singing. She's singing. Yeah, so she, she's singing. So we recorded it. So we went into Andy, Andy Haldane. Um, and the last time I was in there, you know, I can remember unloading the car. And it's like half a dozen keyboards and stands and a mile Leads. of wiring. And, yeah. and, and, you know, MIDI. And you, know, you had to get all your MIDI working right or you get timing issues. And you, you know, you know, yeah. say what it's like. So we had all this stuff. And I you went basically had to unbuild your studio to then <laughs> build, build it somewhere it else. in somebody else's Aye. studio. But you, everything you knew, every patch that you were to use, because you programmed all your patches yourself. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you had to do that. There was there was no unless or maybe a sample, but you'd sample. You take your samples off a of vinyl as well. You know, you <laughs> they were all crackles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even you hear them by, oh, did I really use that? You know, uh, you know, it's got a big somewhere. You know, but you knew everything. You know, you you knew your kit. Yeah. Whereas. Now, I mean, all right. I mean, I mean, I know, I know the stuff that I went into the studio with, but there was too. You get too much choice now. You know, you you load up Cubase and you get, you know, forty, fifty softs. And how can anybody put in hundreds of patch packs for each one? How can you possibly know what what is what or what mm-hmm. sound is what or 
you know, you, you listen to, you've got 2,000 hi-hats to pick, I don't know, t- 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 I mean, yeah. how can you tell them apart? It's like when you so, when you were like the the, the, the piano patch well, and the JD yeah, is yeah, well, what is it? Yeah, it's fifty. I think it's fifty four. <laughs> it might be fifty four, fifty. It's fifty something. There's there's two piano patches. There's one early on. I'm seeing fifty one. You're seeing fifty four. We might I'll, just I'll, plug it in I'll, if I've found the lead. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to be corrected, but I'm having to think right back. But there's one early on, and I know it's not. I know there's two piano patches in the G800, and it's not the early one. It's the mm-hmm. second. It's the latter of the two. And I'm sure it's. You see 51. I'll see. I'm sticking with my guns. I'm seeing 54. You're probably right. <laughs> so I went into the studio about four or five years ago with a USB stick. You know, and the USB stick is the size of my thumbnail. I mean, it's not even like, and I can remember showing it to Andy and, and just busting it laughing. You remember the last time I was in here? You know, remember yeah. the amount of kit that we carried in? And I went in with that. You know, I, I think, I think that's what's lost now. That whole kind of tactile can I get and mm-hmm. getting hold of kit and, and playing I can't remember how but I can remember a bit so I was self-taught for playing I can't play I can't sight read music or anything that you know but I tend to be able to play what I can write or I can work it I've got good imagination I can work it out in my head if I need to I forgot how to do it because I've, I've I've gone from that for yep. so long you know I go into Cubase and I'll draw the notes in and I think that's quite sad no, I need to. If there's something I need to do, and, and, and that's from you, can I deal with it? the next time I write a track? I need to. I need to play it. Do you do you have MIDI keyboards and stuff like? That, or are you? Are you I've just, got right. I've, uh, you just so, choosing to write, so, quickly write it. I, I mean, I've got. In uh, I've got keyboards, and they're standing. They're standing in the spare room, or in one of the spare rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. They're doing that. So I've got a virus. I've got a, like an accident, like a virus KC, and I've got. I've got a Korg Triton. I've got Entrance's old Korg Triton. As a matter, as a matter. Aye, right? but it's still got their sounds in it as well. So I've got, so I've got that one. How did you manage to get that? Yeah, they gave it to Jelly. Jelly gave it to me. <coughs> so Jelly was singing my Entrance for a while. So and just gave her the keyboard. Gave her the keyboard to do stuff at home and. I'll have that. I'll, I, I, I am now the proud owner of that, but I won't use it. I don't use them. I've got a wee MIDI keyboard. It's like the tiniest wee thing. I, I was trying to downsize because you know we, we were running out of space in the house. Yeah. So downsize. I don't get that. I mean, it's, it's many keys as well, so it's like it's teeny tiny. What, what that kind of that sort of size? <laughs> yeah. Yes, what it is. Yeah. So, it's, but it doesn't have the doesn't have the anything else. It's a wee. Oh, you make it M audio one. It's like a tiny, tiny wee teeny, teeny thing. So I need to get back to that kind of. Uh-huh physically playing it and physically hitting hitting drums or physically yeah. you know getting back to that bit again because that's when I enjoyed it I didn't I don't enjoy getting it a, uh, getting I the hands on I think drawing a tune mm-hmm. you know that's and that's what it's kind of become and you I think should, for you should people, check out some of this some of the ARIA stuff because it's back to yeah. like programming your drum patterns Aye. and, and I, th- I, that's what I've missed you know like the soft that's synth thing for as good as it is you just lost a human I mean, element I mean sound wise you know, if you can, I mean, you can get the GD100 now in soft sense, can't you? I mean, if you mm-hmm. can tell the differences between the original and, and the soft sense, oh, I'd be surprised. Have you checked the rolling cloud with all the rolling stuff? Oh, it's just mental, but it's, I mean, uh, it is, like you're saying, pretty much uh, in soft sense, but it's no hands on. Yeah. So, I, my, my, I think for me anyway, my, my, one of my resolutions this year was to write something again, to at least write one tune this year. On, key, on <laughs> keys? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. So, not only write one, but write it as in play it mm-hmm. and play it in and correct it not draw it in because uh-huh. I've lost an awful lot of what I used to enjoy about it well I'm sure you're going to get that you you rekindle that and uh, I look forward to hearing some of the stuff <laughs> ah, I, was, well, I was even going to ask you there I don't know what it is this year but <laughs> I, well, well this is it and whenever it is in it that's a good thing about it <laughs> I, b- I, before we jump away mm. one thing I never asked you what I wanted to ask you is 
was there any bands that you played with that you just went you know that's amazing and maybe like inspired you or equally a band that you played with and you just went had, had held them in such high regard that I no longer did there was a, I think there was a there was a few bands that in particular from no, no, nobody up here so there was because I don't think any bands up here suffered from this but certainly a few bands from down south they weren't really bands at all they were more kind of a DJ's made a track and mm-hmm. they'll f- form a band to uh, I mean I'm not going to name any names any but I can't actually remember the names any but mm-hmm. I can remember seeing a few and thinking oh, you know, they were just flung together sort of thing. yeah in fact I can bass heads so bass heads is anybody out there amazing tune mm-hmm. the rest of the set oh, no no thanks you know and I can remember you know, I, I think there was a few like that because obviously the bass heads didn't write. You know, is there anybody out there? I didn't know that. No, it was um, what's the guy? The guy in Terrorize. Um, so he wrote it, and he was he, he was down his luck. Didn't have much money, so he sold it to them for hundred. was like hundred quid or something like that. Is that right? <laughs> so, is that like folklore or is that no? Like that's fact? no, that's fact. So that yeah, so it's you know that's just the way. Wow. It is. So, so they didn't they weren't responsible for it. I can't remember his name now. Oh, that was him. It's mad, isn't it? I mean, I've I've played with some some guys, and and you have them in so high regard, and then their attitude, or you find out they don't you even date. Ah, you, oh, you get a lot of that, you know. But and there's nothing worse, I don't know. It's it's kind of stealing no. your stealing your dreams for you, Band, sort of thing. Bands that I looked bands that I looked up to, and you know, and they were they were what they said they were in the tin, you know, or. or, or well, I mean, Enjoy for one. I can remember seeing Enjoy. So Enjoy played the same. Enjoy played Luminaire when we did. They so, influenced everybody, didn't they? I mean, they were just amazing. I, I could, you know, one, one of my one of my fondest memories about about doing Luminaire was when we brought on Elton John. So we had this Elton. I don't know if you've seen this. So we've got the Elton John. Right? I was still the real <laughs> Elton John. No, 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 unless he stays in me flat and bells. Oh no. So because I remember meeting him and, and I was like, oh, you are the spit Elton John. You know, you just cannot tell you apart. You know. In a wee two bedroom flat in Belsell, you know, <laughs> so unless, unless he's moved, you know, maybe it's his, ah, he was, it was he was ho- holiday home or something. Know, but, so we brought him on and we'd done it and we had kept. So hold on, what was, what was the. It's coming back to me now. This is, this was Brian. So this is, this is where Brian come, had his good ideas. It's, so you're going to play Energy Rush and bring on. No, we brought Elton John. In, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the Energy Rush because we didn't want to bring him because he, was, he wasn't. We didn't want to have that kind of lasting memory. We brought him on and what another wee track. I can't remember the name. Do you know, I don't think we ever released it. Right, and it was Just like he was pretending a, to play it. Right, so he's going to pretend we introduced him, brought him on, he's going to play along with us, and the crowd were like, What the fuck? And they'd be tripping, going, Fucking Elton John. Well, <laughs> what was that? So we kept we kept the guy up. I can't remember his name now. So we kept Elton. I'll just call him Elton because it, right. it makes sense. Because that is his name. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> so we kept him apart and kept him hidden all night. So nobody knew except Paul from um, Res, and they all kind of knew. So they, they were all kind of in on it. And we brought him on and enjoy. Thought it was him. <laughs> so we were we were getting plagued all night. You know, we enjoy said, Oh, can, can we maybe can we maybe meet Elton? We're like, nah, sorry, he's not he's not he's not, he's not meeting anyone tonight, you know, he's, he's quite a private person, he wants to keep himself apart, you know. So so you know, it's, it's just one of the kind of memories, you know. Oh, that's brilliant, man. But enjoy were one of the ones. Shades are other as well. They're like they're like uh, another one that you know, but they were they were in some respects better lives than The Shades are them. Uh, Enjoy, but Enjoy were just amazing. Awesome. So uh, when they had like my machine dancing for them and stuff, oh, that right. was just. Gary had a touch of him about him, didn't he? The man a touch of the madness, because uh, I mean Gary was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was, he was great. I don't know stuff. if we pinched Gary from you or he. No, we got, it was another fallout. 
Was it? No, it was another fallout. <sighs> it's my fault. You know, I'll take that. But I talk to Gary now. Aye. You know. I talked to him online. He was over. I never got a chance was to over, catch up. So I was over, so I was, I was quite sad about that as well. I don't know if because he used to stay in Livingston, but I don't know if he's. So he's. I'm sure his mum. It was his mum and his brother. But I don't know if they maybe moved or. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was through through my way at all. But oh, good times, man. Good times. Know. Some of the best. I mean, what about you? Frequency? Did you rate them? I used to think the show was amazing. That's another one. Aye, so they're another one that you know. They 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 were what they. They, you know, they were they were as good lives to well. Yeah. Ian is such a. Did you, you get- guys, that you get. So, I was never like a big. I mean, I don't know. There was something about Scottish bands. This I'm Scottish. I kind of like another Scottish band, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always had a, like a soft spot for Ultrasonic. I was doing spin classes, right? So spin classes, <laughs> and it would come on. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is fucking great, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like an island rhythm or something. Yeah. Like spin. I was like, oh, you know, brilliant. <laughs> the, but again, the. Energy Rush, I have told just before, mm. that was a massive influence in us writing Obsession, which was oh, our really? first. No, I didn't. Our first release, which came out November '92, so that must have been a good four, five <laughs> right. months uh-huh. after you. And and the the, the, like the string intro, uh-huh. that was a direct. Just we need to do something. Like, I just to build it, to build it. Uh-huh. You know, there was there was a few influences on that, but that was a, a, a strong influence. Oh, really? oh, I, I didn't know. That. I know that. Um, so New Atlantic so the way they start I know mm-hmm. is uh, they took that from Endurance as well so you know the big dun 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 the big kind of stab oh is, is that the it's a Love Decade remix of that then would it be a is it a remix I, I don't think it's a remix I think that because they were it was either Earthquake or Holocaust and they, they were lovely guys as well mm-hmm. in fact it was Earthquake because Chaz Mack was emceeing for them up here, he's Chaz long. Was. He's long since passed now. Uh, he used to be an MC. MC. Oh, I can't remember some MC name. name. Yeah. Um, so he was MCing for them, and, and he kind of introduced us and stuff. And that's what they're saying. Yeah. You know, Angelish was one of the chins that influenced the starter. I know. There's no, I don't think there's enough credit given to, you know. I think it's always, I don't know, at the time if everybody was just kind of go along and. Yeah. It could. I did, you know. I, I felt like the English scene was. Um, they seem to have it a lot more together than what we did mm. up here. But then again, it was maybe just the grass is greener sort of thing. I think there probably was an element of that. I'm, I'm sure that you know. I'm sure you'll find that it was, it was bands maybe had their, their grapes for another. Over, it was always over stupid things mm-hmm. like, 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 like a scene can exist. <laughs> no, like a scene, a scene can exist with one band. You know, who ever thought that was going to be a that was going to work? I mean, that's just never going to happen. You need. Bands all doing all doing different stuff for a scene to thrive. If you've not got that, that's true. That's very it. true. And it, I, and I suppose back then, but was a magical time because there was all different genres under the one roof. And then yeah, when it started getting all segregated. Yeah, it was just yeah, different yeah. tents and different rooms. Yeah. So there wasn't this. There wasn't like a, a house. There wasn't like you know how it kind of split off and went. Rave went one direction and then split off in multiples and then house did the same thing and so I guess kind of the street rave kind of kind of resurrection kind of divide you know mm-hmm. if you want to look at it in that way but there wasn't back then you know it was, it was just good tunes all played under one yep. roof you know and if you didn't like something just don't dance to it you just wait there'll be something else uh-huh. on you well you know there'll be another DJ on the, the, or a band that'll play bits of hip hop and all that getting flung in the early so, days uh, and that. so I, my first kind of raves were were down at the piv down at street rave. I used to go to the old ears on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and I can remember, like you know, um, back by dope, back by dope, the man. Oh, amazing one? tune! Isn't it? We used to play it down there, and I was, you know, I was like, that was just 
Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I suppose. In fact, that's where my first kind of got my first kind of rave experience was was kind of down in that and street rave in the forum in Livingston. Um, when I first heard, uh, yeah, by D Shake. Amazing. That tune. PA, PA and Rave Signal Three Horsepower. Uh-huh. Oh, it was like the flange like, on that riff. I was man. like, what is this? Uh-huh. No, this is uh, this is just. This is but just again, everything's on you then. You're hearing Aye. that literally for the first time. Aye. If you hear something like anything the remotely like horsepower, you go, that sounds like horsepower. You know, like, but when you heard that Aye. big riff coming in, and you just Aye. go like, what? There's a wee sound in horsepower as well. It sounds like a sound been, oh, it's just a really weird wee, but it sounds like a needle been ripped off a record at one point in time. I still, I to this day, don't know how to do that. Mm. You know, do you find, your, do you find listening to music, can you just appreciate music or are you always analysing it? No, I can appreciate it. I, can, I, don't t- I tend to not analyse a tune if it's good. If I'm going to analyse it, it's for a reason and I want to know how they've ah, done right, something. Right. You know, and I'll maybe listen to it thinking, you know, the way they've done that is like, that's pretty clever. You try I, to break it down, can I? I I'll, try, I'll try and like, you know, I'd like to do something along those kind of lines. And, but the way I write it never works because the tune is completely different two days down the road. You ah, know, right. it's, it's turned into something entirely different. But I do, that's about the only time I'll really kind of over, or I do tend to overanalyse things. Uh-huh. Over, over analyze, little over analyze your own stuff. Then once you finish it, <laughs> then that's, that's, there's no ending. Honestly, if I start a tune now, it will not be the same tune when it finishes. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form, it'll be different key. It'll be different. It'll be a different tune entirely. Uh-huh. Different. I mean, if I can change it, I'll change it. From the influence to the finished result, it's just. I'm a, just a constant. I'll tweak, tweak it, and tweak it, and tweak it until it's something completely different. You know, and that. And again, I need to stop doing that. That's another. Uh-huh. Oh, it is what it is, isn't it, man? It, <sighs> It's just, that's just you the know. process, isn't it? We've all got a process. These things. So, listen, mate, it's been a pleasure. I think this is the most we've ever sat down and spoke as I well. Think so, yeah, because usually we're like ships. So, anytime we're, it's <laughs> like ships that pass the night, you know, it's, you're going off stage as we're going on. Or, or, that's how, that's how my, my memories are. I think the last time I seen you was, was the last, it might have been down, it might have been down there. Maybe been down the pavilion. They used to do, I'd, I'd have been playing as detox probably. Hangar 13 or something? I, I think it was down in a hangar. I'm probably that's the last time probably other than 1994 the last mm-hmm. time I think that's probably the last time but well look forward to March I think it's the 23rd it is indeed yep. yeah, I'm back. yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah, well okay. until then young man indeed young man it's not so, <laughs> my dad calls me that I thought I'd end in a happy note <laughs> okay, thanks I know how old I am hi no Gordon thanks very much for coming along no telling your story man it's been brilliant and we're going to finish with energy rush is there anything you want to just say no do you know <sighs> It is what it is, you know. It's uh, if there's one tune I'm going to be remembered for that, uh, that you know, it is this. You know, so, um, you know, at least it's a good one. It's no Mr. Blobby or something. Uh, you know, you know I mean? it, it was of its time, and to some degree, you know, it seems to work these days as well. I think it maybe, you know, a few years ago it would never have fight back in again. But you know, it's, it's stood the test of time, and you know, I guess it's the one I'm proudest of over over him. And so, brilliant. Here it is.
for Old School Show.